0: Gracious God and Father, as your most beloved Son freely gave up his life for us all, may we, empowered by that grace, offer our lives each and every day in service to you, which means in service to one another. Bless this good news to our hearts This day and every day we pray, through Jesus Christ, crucified for us all. Amen. Our dear Lord and Savior's death was no ordinary death, and that comes across loud and clear in the Gospel reading for today. The sky goes dark and the earth trembles. And even the Roman centurion and others gathered around the cross are led to exclaim, Surely this was the Son of God. So what's going on? Strange events, these. Roman numeral one in your outline, The day of judgment has come. The day of judgment has come, and it has come for Jesus, for Him. You see, everything happens to Jesus first. The Scripture refers to Him as the firstborn of the dead, the firstborn of all creation. Now, that does not mean He's created. It means that He has preeminence. The firstborn is preeminent. Among the rest of us, as the God-man, and He's truly man as well as God, He has first place, and that means He experiences first what you and I will. Point A, the end of Jesus is the end of the world in miniature. It's all about him it's happening for him point number one darkness the prophet Amos said the day of the Lord will be darkness and not light darkness is not only in Scripture symbolic of the end but it's symbolic of the absence of God the torn curtain in the temple, which separated the holy place from the most holy place. It really foreshadows the destruction of the temple. It foreshadows the destruction of the Jewish nation, which would happen within a generation of our Lord's death and rising. And for them, it was the end of the world, their world. The earthquake is often associated. Jesus talked about the time of the end would be a time of earthquake and flood. Nation will rise against nation. Everything comes undone. And resurrection is, of course, associated with the end of the world. In John chapter 11, Lazarus dies, and Jesus is in conversation with Lazarus's sister, Martha. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, well, yes, Lord, I know. He will rise again on the last day. You see, it's associated with the last day. And what was Christ's response? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live whoever lives and believes in me will never die the resurrection was staring her in the face and it happens people are rising from the graves and appearing to others these are all portents of the end and the end has come upon Christ himself and point B Jesus interprets his death as abandonment by God which is hell he said the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many I think we all know what a ransom is a ransom is a redemption price. a ransom is what you pay to free someone out of bondage The Lord ransomed his people out of Egypt. Jesus ransoms the world out of the bondage of sin. And the price is steep. It is the life of God himself, the God-man. Jesus said, Father, if it is possible that this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Jesus chooses to drink the cup of God's wrath which was reserved for God's enemies. A number of passages in the Old Testament speak of the cup of God's wrath and and he makes his enemies drink it. In Psalm 75, verse 8, he makes the Gentile nations drink of his wrath. That's predicted. In Isaiah 51, He's making the people of Jerusalem drink the cup of His wrath. You see, we're all under sin. We're all guilty as charged. There is no difference. Then we read in John 18, verse 11, when the temple police come to arrest our Lord, Peter draws his sword and cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest, And Jesus rebukes him, and he says, put your sword back into its place. The cup which the Father has given me, shall I not drink it? He drains the cup rather than the nations. He drains the cup rather than the people of Jerusalem. He drains the cup for us all. You see, hell for Jesus is heaven for us. That's point two in the outline. Roman numeral two. Heaven has come for you and for me, for all of us. See, darkness and all of these signs of the apocalypse are not the last word, but Easter is. Easter is the last word. The gospel must predominate with a gracious and a loving God. Yeah. The law must be spoken. It must be heard. It must do its work and humble us, preparing us to receive the good news of God's love for all people in Christ Jesus. And point B, Jesus will emerge from his judgment day to an immortal bodily life, a bodily life. It happens to him first, before it happens to you and to me. It's easy to doubt in this day and age, just like the people in in antiquity would doubt that the dead rise. That doesn't happen. That may happen at the end sometime. It doesn't happen now. But it happened to Jesus first. He's the firstborn of the dead. Everything happens to him first including the events of this day, the day of wrath. Point C, the Father gives His Son, Jesus, the cup of wrath. Jesus drains the cup of wrath, and He gives to us the cup of salvation. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, For the forgiveness of sins. That's the whole point. Where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. Life follows forgiveness, just as death follows sin. The wages of sin is death, but it is a wage that was paid to Jesus. Not you. Not me death was paid to Jesus in our place. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That gift is given to us, and that gift is ours. It is ours because of Christ. Christ.